Hey everybody, it's Mark Lee coming to you from Florida. If you've listened to my podcast lately, you'll know that I've been sort of introducing it initially, giving you a bit of a tease or, you know, what with team calls like cold open or front door. But today, even though I'm doing one right now, I don't have one. At least nothing brilliant or profound. Because I wouldn't know how to tease what is at this point probably the most personal podcast episode I've I've ever done in the short time that I've been a podcast host. What I will say is that the virus, the weather, and a whole host of folks beating on my door for support and guidance and the passing of my friend, Michael Stanley, some other stuff I won't get into, I've been having a tough time. Kind of a tough time. Really tough time. While confronting some other stuff, I thought a lot about angels. The angels in our lives, right? The angels in my life. Are they real? Where do they mean? Where do they come from? And if they are, what impact do they have? I'm still dealing with, and maybe always will, the life and the passing of a very special angel in my life. In this episode, I want to introduce you to L, the angel. And that's up next on Recovery Talks, the podcast. From the birthplace of modern recovery, Akron, Ohio, welcome to Rock and Recovery. Recovery Talks, the podcast dedicated to sharing stories and amplifying the voices of those on the front lines in the recovery movement. Our commitment to you to always deliver straight up sober talk with the sincere promise of a safe stigma and judgment free zone. Recovery talks right now. Exceptional interventionists can take on an almost supernatural form for those blessed with chance proximity, fate, or even pure dumb luck. I was more than fortunate to meet someone like that, one extraordinary woman. I loved her with every part of my being. She appeared as if from another dimension and was a heavy construction crane that lifted me out of my toxic lifestyle and got me to a healing place. She loved me and was my lover. And then, after some time and turns in our road together, she quietly slipped out the back door without a word and left this earth. Her name to me was Elle. I don't know what kind of entity she was. She had a mystic sensitivity and an empathic prowess like no one I have ever met. She had a see-right-through-you-no-bull superpower. I had met my match in my comical pretension and disingenuous character charade, but I played on. And she let me. Just to get the facts straight, Elle is not her real name. But for the respect of her family's privacy, that is her angel name for this story. I first saw her at a gig and was immediately struck by her poise, her stunning beauty, and a stubborn ability not to look my way or give me one ounce of her energy. She told me later, she thought, who is that guy so full of himself up there thinking he's all that? And she was right. It was the summer of 2013, and I was in a mid-air leaping arrogant dive in the alcohol pool and did think exactly as she saw. Living a double life, I was puffed up, well-employed, look at me with a personal trainer, big house in the right neighborhood, import auto-driving, self-obsessed piece of shit. I was a massive 
out-of-control closet alcoholic. The truth was, I hated myself. Eventually, and through a mutual friend, we saw each other a few more times. Some head-slightly-cocked conversations led to finally a date, planning to see a band at Jilly's in downtown Akron. We clicked that night. The grasping of my hand in hers, a stolen kiss in her car, after a passionate embrace in the parking lot, we both knew right away that we were about to start something. Something that would change us, and there was no turning back. At the time, I was still a highly skilled prevaricator about the problem. The first few months were full of highs and some lows and most tenuous. We separated for what would be the first time, and she sent back all the talismans and gifts I had given her in a neatly packaged box that basically said, I don't want your energy, I'm out. And she was done. I'm leaving out a lot. In February 2014, on a more than desperate down-at-the-bottom morning, I found her number and called her. I was trying to detox myself after a bad stretch, and thankfully she answered because she had deleted my number. You know, it was my lucky break. I broke down and told her the truth about the problem and that I was sure I loved her and asked her to please help me. She came right over. We had some incredible times together. I was able to feel mended somehow when she wrapped her comforting cloak of loving safety around me. I felt cared for and understood like never before. She lifted me up and got me out of the house. A big deal because I was a complete hermit by that time. She helped convince me that the chronic stress of the sales emperor's corporate lifestyle was the undoing of my true authentic self and that a writer, a musician, and a teacher was in there. I believed her. It was the first time in a long time that I believed in the hope of a new life. I loved being loved. It didn't last. You know, love doesn't come to your front door with a plan. Sometimes it's a note on a picnic napkin written in a pen that bleeds and fades in a sudden, unexpected rain. And again, I'm leaving out a lot. After another separation, finally on June 2nd, 2014, there was yet another call from me. She knew I was really in trouble. She came right over. I was in terrible shape. And she sat me up and said if I wanted to die from my disease... She would leave me and let me, but if I wanted to live, she would take me to detox. Apparently, I took several minutes to decide. I have very little recall of this, but she got me to Akron General and there was a bed at St. Thomas. I was a lucky, lucky man. I remember nothing about that day except that I can see her leaning over me and telling me I would be okay. She was like a spirit in a dream. I remember that kiss, and I can still feel her lips on my forehead. 
was going to get better. I have written and spoken much about the angels on the ward on the seventh floor at that excellent hospital and that experience, but never about the day I was released. I was finally allowed to put on real clothes again and say goodbye to my wardmates. I took the elevator that I was to use in later years over 200 times as a trained volunteer down from that ward to the bottom floor. You make a right turn when you get off, and as I did that day, I saw this shining apparition, a supernatural glow with a smile that was like a halogen spotlight. I felt an energy and a feeling of love that I may never experience quite the same way again when I saw Elle. She was there to pick me up and take me home. It had never dawned on me that someone could love me that much. I have never felt the same extraordinary feeling that I felt at that moment, and I may never again. I hate to keep mentioning this, but I am leaving out a lot. In the end, the reality was that we were not meant to be partners or married, not to live together, not to live happily ever after, no fairy tale. As I was learning to think again and my brain was clearing, a series of disagreements proved to be too much for her eventually. There was a bad breakup, a sharp separation, and a long silence from her. It broke my heart. When she finally reached out to me over 18 months later, it was for help. She said she needed my business training and insight for her startup company. We became friends again. It was her lead, and I was more than happy to have her in my life on any level. We would text each other occasionally. She would call, I would call. One day, she told me about the cancer, but would never again fucking talk about it. She was always okay, shiny, bright, cheerful, and happy. Never negative in language or thought. We always seemed to know when it was time to connect again. It's funny about past lovers. You can never really stop loving them. I like to say they can be like a favorite shirt, sweater, or hoodie in the bottom dresser drawer. Often you can take it out, try it on, and wonder if you're ever going to wear it again, but you don't. You only know you will never, ever throw it away. We were close in a past lover way. Our conversations were open, but not too personal. We talked about kids, my work in music, teaching, and now writing, her business, her new fella, and we were kind to each other. I would call her on my sobriety birthday and thank her. I never missed an opportunity to remind her that she was my angel in recovery. I am not writing this today without her intervention, her love, and her toughness. And she would never take any credit. None. I got the text she passed on a Saturday morning a couple of weeks ago. I cleared my teaching schedule that day and just sat with a cup of tea in hand 
and made my shirt wet with tears. It was like that day in the sacred St. Thomas Chapel, one week after my time in detox, when that sweet old woman tapped me on the shoulder, handed me a box of tissues and said, Oh, you poor thing. I had the feeling to call her last Christmas and got busy and never got around to it. Because of that, I will never again let that feeling pass. Never again will I let the moment I think about calling a friend go by without acting to reach out. Now, I will never speak to Elle the Angel again. I cannot thank her or hear her say, I'm cheering for you with my old-fashioned 70s pom-poms. A few years back, I wrote the song for her, for us. You can check it out on Spotify. The title is Let It Go. I probably won't be listening to that one for a while. Some love lasts a season. Some love lasts for life. Some comes for a reason, like a candle in the night. I am sure I will not be okay. I did not say goodbye to sweet L the angel. But I know this. I am a better man because of her. I will remember her gift of kindness and love. And when another broken person or addict alcoholic shows up in my path, I will try to pay forward the love she showed me. I will do it. I'll be a voice of strength and compassion like L the angel, who somehow appeared at the right time so that I could be here today to tell you all this story. It's a story told with my eyes shut, remembering her smile, and my beat-up favorite hoodie, wet, now in tears. The cherished one she gave me, rarely worn, but stored safely from now on in the very bottom of that bedroom dresser drawer. Steady on.